About 30 years ago, we had a guest speaker at one of the conferences we were hosting in the Philippines. That's when Adrian and I were missionaries there for three years. And he mentioned this couple that we all knew very well and how they were really, really keen on revival and very vocal about it. So he said he had been cheeky enough to ask the young man, well, what are you doing to prepare for the revival and to make it happen? He had no answer because he actually wasn't doing anything. Isn't it easy for all of us to want an event like a sudden windfall of tax rebate money or sudden windfall of money, a great breakthrough, a fruitful ministry, straight A's in exams. I'm sure there's a few straight A students here um, to have a great marriage. But the truth is, all of these require process. You've got to put in the hard yards. And another word for process is digging ditches. And uh, we're going to look at this incredible story for a second time. 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, 2 Kings chapter 3, if you want to come with me into that part of the Bible that I'm sure you've read of recently. 2 Corinthians, I don't want to keep going Corinthians. 2 Kings chapter 3. All right, verse 9. These are the um, three kings are going out to war against Moab. All right, they're under attack. For the king of Israel went with the king of Judah, the king of Edom, and they marched on around about seven days, and there was no water. That's the key there, no water for the the army nor for the animals that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. But Joshua Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. <clears throat> then go down to verse um, 15. Now bring me a musician. Then as it happened, when the musician played, that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus says the Lord, Make the valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, so that your cattle and your animals may drink. And verse 22, they rose up early in the morning, the sun was shining on the water, the Moabites saw water on the other side as red as blood, and they said, there is blood, the kings have surely struck swords and have killed one another, now therefore Moab to the spoil. So when they came to the camp of Israel, Israel rose up, attacked the Moabites, they fled before them, and... Uh, entered their land, killing the Moabites. So they win this fantastic uh, victory. So they're going to war. There's no water. And God says, dig the valley full of ditches, which would have seemed an insane kind of a advice. You know, if you're having a problem of some sort and you go to God, what shall I do? And he says something like, dig some ditches, go out the backyard, dig some You're going to think this is crazy stuff. Nevertheless, uh, God miraculously fills the ditches without water, but there's actually no rain that ever fell. So it was an absolute total miracle of God, which tells us God can do anything. God can do anything. And we need to remind ourselves of that all the time. So I'm going to look at some of the lessons from this amazing miracle and story picking up from last week, but some added stuff that I've discovered. The first thing to note is that Jehoshaphat did not inquire of the prophet or for a prophet until there was no water. 
And isn't it true how often uh, we just go about our merry way and we, we pray here and there occasionally, but soon as there is a crisis, uh, we begin to cry out to God. We, we pray like we've never prayed before. You know, we might even get to church a bit more, attend a few prayer meetings. And, and it's a, an amazing thing uh, that um, what a crisis can do to us. But in trouble, if at least Jehoshaphat turned in the right direction. He turned to God, not away from God. And a lot of people in crisis, instead of turning to where there is the only answer, only possible hope, they turn away from God to the world where there is no answer, where there is no hope. The righteous run in to the name of the Lord. So when trials drive us to God, it is an unspeakable blessing. Let's go to James chapter 1, verse 2 to 3, which says this. I've yet to find this person who says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. How many of you count it, you just, when a trial comes, you just say, yippee. No, no one. So none of you obey that scripture, do you? Knowing, nor do I. Not knowing that the testing of your faith, so why is it joy? Produces patience. Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete. Lacking nothing. So what do trials do? They work in your life to make you more complete, more perfect. And a trial can bring us closer to God. And that is priceless. Isn't that priceless? That nothing beats getting closer to God. That's what life is all about. The rest of your life on earth is basically a journey to getting closer to God. If you get that sorted out, everything else will fall into place. Don't chase after all the other things. Chase after God. Because once you find God and He's working in your life, then all the rest can take care of itself. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. So if through losses, think about this, you are freed from the pull of the world, be thankful for that trial. If a storm drives you to a, the safety of a closer walk with God, be thankful for that storm. As birds in a storm are driven to the safety of the cleft of the rock, then we should naturally, in trials and storms, fly to Jesus under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 11 says, Elisha poured water on the hands of Elijah. So Elisha's claim to fame, what was it? He's not a university graduate. He's not a successful businessman. He's not a high achiever. But he is something. He is the one who poured hands, poured water on the hands of Elijah, he was a servant of God. And sometimes your greatest qualification will be that you serve others. Don't worry about how great you are. God just wants you to serve because the greatest in his kingdom are the servants of all. God loves servants. And when you get to heaven, guess what? God is not going to say, well done, good and faithful pastor, preacher, leader, singer, intercessor, 
businessman, but he's going to say, well done, good and faithful. Isn't that the key? Isn't that the key? To God, the church, myself, all of us could comprehend afresh that the greatest in the kingdom are not those great in the eyes of the world, but they are the servants of the Most High God. And also we serve other people. You know, sometimes it's easy to tell, oh, I serve God with all my heart. I'm a servant of God. Yeah, but let's see it in your serving people. <laughs> it's a bit more of a challenging way, isn't it, to express our servanthood is when we serve other people. But also in this incredible story, are we doing all right so far? Are you okay? Everyone's awake. Queen's birthday. You're not asleep. All right. So the other thing that I see here, we're going to get to our, our trenches soon, all right, but just, there's just some teaching in here that I just found really encouraging for myself. Because also we see here, when Elijah, how the Spirit works in amazing ways. See, when Elijah, you know the story of Elijah, when he wanted rain, he saw this cloud, size of a man, man's hand, and he heard the abundance of rain, and then there was a heavy rain. But in this story... We're still needing rain. We're still needing water. But in this story, there's no rain. There's no sound of rain. And we don't know how the trenches were filled. We just don't know. God doesn't tell us. We know water came from water in Edom, somehow obeyed the command of God and came and filled the trenches. See, God is not limited in any particular way of doing things. So in one revival, everyone may fall on the ground and laugh and scream. So for the rest of our lives, we wait for the same revival to come. But in another revival, there may just be a whole lot of healings. In another revival, there may be a massive move of repentance. In another revival, it may just be outdoor evangelistic crusades where masses of people are getting saved. You see, we, we, if, we, if we have a prejudice as to how God may work then we may miss God working. Because Israel thought the Messiah would come in a certain shape and certain form. And when he didn't, guess what? They missed the great revival of the coming of Jesus. Why? Because they had a prejudice of how God should work in their situation. Now let's learn something from this. In your situation today, the problem, the challenge you're facing, you may have already worked out in your mind how God is going to sort out your problem or how he should sort out your problem. Or you're thinking this is the avenue through which God is going to work because that's how he's done it in the past. Friends, forget that because God's probably going to work in a completely different way. But somehow God is going to work. Somehow God is going to bring the answer. And I think this, friends, this is my own personal conviction, is, you see, when we try and work out how God will work and work our miracle for us, we can lose faith. Because we think, I just can't see that happening. When we don't try and work it out, and we just think, well, somehow it's going to come from some way or somewhere, then I think that can actually increase our faith for the miracle, for the breakthrough, for the answer. And I reckon God's about, <clears throat> God's about to do some things in ways that we have not seen before. Because he, we, we're ready for something fresh. How many of you reckon the church of Jesus needs some fresh breakouts of God, some fresh news stories, some greater deliverances, some breakthroughs in ways that we have never, ever seen or experienced before? And we're going to say, wow, is this an awesome God that we serve? When you think about it, 
You never know how God might work in a situation. When there was a great famine in many nations, God's people, Israel, they were provided for grain from Egypt. It was stored in Egypt. Now, Israel or Jacob would never have expected deliverance from Egypt. You, you just don't know where it's going to come from. The most unexpected avenue. God can work and do a massive miracle for us. Somehow God will provide. Somehow God will deliver you. If men will not feed you, the ravens will, as they did with Elijah. How cool is that? Hey, don't depend on the arm of the flesh. Look to the arm of the Almighty God who can do absolutely anything. And if the earth doesn't produce wheat, then heaven will drop manna on the earth as God did in the wilderness. This is an amazing God that we serve. There is none like Him. The teaching of this story is that we have to prepare to receive breakthrough. That's really what this whole story talks about. There would be no miracle of water without the digging of the ditches. And I'm going to look at some more trenches that we can dig today. But why is it important to dig the trenches? Why is process so important? Why does, do we have to do the hard yards? Like, come on, God, give us a break. Why don't you just be Santa Claus and give us everything for free and just deliver it? You know, why, why do you require us to dig jolly trenches? Why do we have to do process? God, why don't you just give us a great marriage? Bang. You know? Fantastic kids. Bang. You know, more money. Bang. God, what, why, you know, why make it so hard? Or seemingly so hard? Well, God always has a reason. When Mr. Eisenberg won $5 million in 1981, it was the biggest lottery payout of, of all time. And he went from making $250 a week changing light bulbs to being a multi-millionaire. How many of you would like that? Wouldn't that be pretty cool? Only one person, all right. It's probably the only person who's going to get it too. Okay. But some years later, he was back making $250 a week through his pension and social security, and he's living in a trailer. Most of the money went on divorce settlements from a string of failed marriages, plus his gambling didn't help. You see, friends, he couldn't handle the sudden breakthrough and blessing. Process, digging ditches, get us ready for what God wants to do in our lives, in our church, in our nation. So here's another trench to dig. See, I, I needed two hands, but never mind, I'll do it with one. There we go. So this is our, our, our shovel that you can see it's a pretty dirty there because I've been using it a lot during the last week, just digging, digging up the dirt around, the, digging up some of the mess you guys have left around the place. I'd just go and cleaning the place up. But here you go. You've got to, got to digging ditches. As I said to you last time I preached, after I've been digging out in the backyard, once I've done about 3,000 digs, I start to get a little bit tired. But uh, that's because I'm, I'm, I'm good at digging ditches. Well, 
I'm actually not good in the natural of digging ditches because God never anointed me for that. Physical labor was never my blessing from heaven. So, uh, but I can, I can dig in the spirit, all right? So you've got to be able to dig somewhere or another. So the, the Jehoshaphat, can anyone yell out what we know about Jehoshaphat in terms of a, a trench that he was good at digging? Pray, there you go, praise. That's right. He was really good at praise. Remember the story in Chronicles somewhere where he wins this fantastic victory uh, by sending out the singers to praise in the front of him. And uh, he, he dug the ditch of praise, and God worked a tremendous miracle. And praise is a ditch to dig. And you might say, well, is it really? Well, yes, it is, because to really praise takes some effort, doesn't it? You know, to just praise, you know, the, how great is our God. <sighs> Man, that's a long song, isn't it? Yeah, you know. You know, <laughs> name above all names. You know, to praise, to really praise, you got to dig. You got to put all your energy into it. You got to focus in on those words. You got to concentrate. You actually have to open your mouth. I found it hard to praise with my mouth shut. You can't meditate praise. You got to sing it. And so it's digging a ditch. And it's a powerful trench to dig in. It's one you can dig every Sunday or every service. You can dig this trench and open the door to the supernatural power of God working in your life and working in your situation. You know, Jehoshaphat would say, my miracle is on the way, so I'm praising God. I don't care how black it seems, I'm getting ready for my miracle. There may be a delay right now in your miracle coming, but what I would say, don't sit back and have a pity party. Stand up and praise God. Stand up and lift your voice unto the Most High God where the only possible answer can come from. And when people say to you, your life is such a mess, why are you praising God? Tell them, every time you see me praising, I'm digging my trench, I'm getting ready for my miracle. Every time you see me praise... I'm expecting the water to flow. If you need a, a breakthrough, dig the ditch of praise. And the bigger your trial, dig a bigger ditch. Sing louder, praise harder, even lift your feet and dance unto the Lord. But dig your ditch of praise. Jehoshaphat. He was a man of praise, and he was the one who knew what to do when the miracle was needed. He was the one who said, call for the prophet. And God brought the answer through. Here's another thing. Another trench that we can dig, which may surprise you, but I think it is to have large desires for blessing. Large desires. So here's a question I've got for you. Do your desires match the greatness of the God you serve? Do your desires. What are you desiring right now? And I'm not just talking about ambition and ego and all that sort of stuff, but what are you desiring right now? What desires has God placed in your heart? Because I guarantee you there are some big desires, should you discern them, that God wants to work in your heart and in your life, having large desires. The more I get to go know God, do you know what I've found? The bigger my requests are becoming. Yeah. I'm even sh shocking myself with some of my requests. 
Because what's happened is I've had desires at this level and God's answered them. So I've just pushed it up a level and God's answered again. And then I've pushed it up another. And, and the, the more I walk with God, the more I get to know the greatness of the God I serve, the greater my desires are becoming. And they're getting larger and larger, not out of presumption, not out of wrong motives, but out of a relationship with God. Because I said, the more I get to know God, that's the key. The, the, the people who, Daniel 10, the people who know their God shall be strong and do exploit. Hey, you're called to do exploits for God, every one of us. The key is knowing God and enlarging our desires. William Carey, that great missionary, said, expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. And you've got to do that with wisdom. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. It's amazing. I was just reading this in Chronicles the other day, and he's more honorable. The reason he's more honorable, because he had these large prayer requests, large desires that he had. Just leave it for the next round. Thanks, Sharon. I knew you guys would get it, get it done. Fantastic. Well done. That's my sound equipment ready for the next uh, session. If you can just drop it into the vestry afterwards, it'd be great. Now, Jabez, that's right. The only thing Jabez is in the Bible for, pretty much, is his request from God. And God says, I like that guy. I like that guy. Because he said, number one, Lord, oh, that you would bless me. And you look that up in the Hebrew. It's the same in the Tongan and the Samoan as well, by the way, and the Fijian. It means, God, bless me a lot. Bless me a lot. Why don't you say that with me? Bless me a lot. Now say it to God. Bless me a lot. One more time. Bless me a lot. I'm telling you that's a prayer God is going to hear and God is going to answer because we serve a God of blessing, a God who loves to bless, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Then he said, and enlarge my territory. God, give me some more influence. Influence others. It's a prayer I've prayed pretty much every day. Thousands of times I've prayed that prayer. God, enlarge my territory. Guess what he's doing? He's enlarging and enlarging and enlarging and enlarging our territory. Do you want to know something that might surprise you? God actually hears your prayers. He actually hears them. Try that one. God, enlarge my territory. Come on, God, do some more. And he will hear that prayer. So led by the Spirit, we've got to dig the trench of large desires. And that's what we're doing. We're asking God for more church unlimiteds. I had this apostle ring me just last week. And he said, how's it going down there? He's from India. I said, yeah, we're going, going well. I said, you know, that we'll soon have um, five church unlimiteds. And he says to me, this is Tony. He says to me, Tark, he says, New Zealand, you need to have a hundred church unlimiteds in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, you can clap, but uh, you can clap, but I've got to dig the trench. <laughs> and then, then he preached my message to me. You know what he said to me? He said, Tark, you need to start declaring that publicly. And I thought, whoa. Declaration's my message, but you don't tell me what to declare. And I was sort of, I don't know. 
There you go. There you go. Just throw that out from someone else because I'm not brave enough to throw it out myself. And what about to have ministry in every nation on the planet? Yeah, that's right. Every nation, 200 plus. That's a large desire. But I reckon God really likes that one because God so loved the... Yeah. You can't leave any countries out. You know, as much as you might want to leave Samoa out, we can't. <laughs> as much as we might want to drop Fiji out, we, we just can't. Because God loves Fiji. I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. Hey, just, just kidding everybody, all right? Don't anyone take personal offense to this. Yeah, okay, up in the balcony there? Yeah. Yeah. All right, you're not. Never mind. We'll just keep going anyway. Large desires. Trust Arena, filled with 5,600 people. That's pretty large. So I heard, and I said, I think I said it a few weeks ago, if your prayers don't intimidate you, it's an insult to God. Some of those prayers intimidate me, but then my God is equal to do it. Large desires, listen to this, write it down somewhere. Large desires led by the Spirit attract God's attention. Because He wants to show off, in the best sense of the word, His power and His glory to you and to the world. Listen to this story. There's this lady... This is validated, pretty validated story. It's not from our church. A lady's car is parked in a hotel car park. And overnight, she gets this very big dent on the bumper. It's a pretty nice car. So she's really upset about it. Calls a manager who said they heard a bang early in the morning. And the lady couldn't afford the repair. And so she was really upset. Five businessmen came in as they were looking at this dent. And they all said, hey, we didn't do it. And so she went home that day back to her place, and um, she spent some time with God, which is a good thing to do when you've got a trial. And she asked God for forgiveness for something, and we don't know what that was, but she asked for forgiveness. So she dug two trenches, one of prayer, time with God, and the other one of forgiveness. Then she went outside, and she skidded to a halt when she saw the car bumper, because the dent was gone. No matter how many times she looked at that bumper over and over and over again, the dent was gone. She went back to the hotel, called the manager, and the manager could not believe what she was seeing. Leave me astounded. How great, how great, how great is the God that we serve. I, I just loved hearing that one because I've never heard that one before. And I want to start hearing Miracles that I've never heard before. I want to just see it go to a whole new stratosphere because this is a new era of conquest. This is a new time for, for God to leave us astounded, and He's starting to do that. Okay, the last ditch, well, the second to last ditch that I want us to talk about that we need to dig, which is a really important ditch, is found in Proverbs 12, 24 and 27, which says, The hand of the diligent will rule, and diligence is a man's precious possession. Diligence, think about that, is a man's precious possession. In other words, if God's gifted you with diligence, it's one of the most valuable things you will ever have on the planet. 
Because diligence means you can dig trenches. And trenches are ones that God can fill with His power. So when you prepare, for example, you've got to speak or, or lead a meeting or attend a meeting. If you prepare for that meeting, if you prepare for your speaking, you're digging a trench that God can fill. And the deeper you dig that trench, the more God will bless. Now, I know that Jody preached a blinder last Sunday. But what you don't know, what you don't know is the hours and hours and hours that she put in to getting that message together. I, I wouldn't want to say how many hours, but it was weeks of work that she studied, she prepared, she, she uh, researched that topic. Then she passed the message to Adrian, who went through it and made some adjustments and, and you know, added bits and pieces to it. She dug that trench so deep that when, it, when she finally delivered it, God filled it with water. God works something amazing. So friends, I think that's a great example of how it's practically you, 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 you can dig a ditch. You can dig a trench and make it ready because my Bible says that the diligent shall rule. There's so many Proverbs talk about God's blessing coming on the diligent. I'm not talking about burning out. I'm not talking about overdoing it, but I'm talking about being a diligent person. The Bible talks about going the extra mile. I want to encourage every one of us here to be extra mile Christians. Whatever we're asked to do, do that little bit extra. Do that little bit more. And don't do it for the church. Don't do it for the person you serve. Do it for the glory of God. Go the second mile. Dig the trench of the second mile, and watch what God will do. Diligence is so important. See, ditch-making is hard work, but when a whole valley is to be trenched, everyone has to put their hands to the plow. It takes a whole church to build all the necessary trenches to contain the blessing that God wants to give. So friends, let's all of us get our shovels out, and let's start to dig, because a heavy rain of the Spirit and the blessing of God is already on its way. Get the trenches ready so we can handle what God is doing and will continue to do. See, I believe with all my heart in the Spirit of God working. You know me, my, my phrase is, uh, my verse is uh, Zechariah 4 verse 6, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Some people make the mistake of meaning, oh, the Spirit's going to do it all, I don't have to do anything. No, friends, I believe in God working with all my heart, but I do not believe in human idleness or laziness. The power of God, the Holy Spirit, all use human effort. And the Spirit of God usually works where we work the most. We are workers together with God. Workers. Friends, did you get that word? Everyone say workers. Yeah, we're workers together with God. Another verse is we're laborers together with God. See, that's our part. There's our part and there's God's part. God won't do what we can do. He will only do what we can't do. We can dig trenches. We can dig trenches. We can do that. So God's not going to do it for us. But only God can send the water. He'll do his part if we do our part. Hard work and the Spirit of God are a powerful combination. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 5 talks about Paul planting and Apollos watering. And what happens? God gives the increase. Has that got another verse on that one, or that's just it? All right. If you just keep on going with that, God gives the increase. So God seldom denies increase where there's a planting Paul and a watering 
Apollos. If you are to have blessing from God, you must have a trench ready to receive it. If you can't dig a deep trench, dig a shallow one. (laughs) But dig a trench nevertheless. Finally, the last trench to dig is serving God. Serving God is a ditch we dig that God can fill with water and the blessing of God is going to bless multitudes of people. So I want to inspire you to serve, whether it's working in the creche, teaching kids, leading a group, singing, ushering, car park, food banks, serving in the community, raising kids in God's ways, getting to church on Sundays. These are all fantastic trenches to dig that God can fill with His Spirit and His blessing. If you dig those trenches, let's just take Kids Church. If you dig that trench of serving in the Kids Church, just think that you're digging a ditch that God can fill with the water of His blessing. And hundreds and hundreds of kids can be impacted for the glory of God. Sometimes we struggle to serve. We just think, man, this is just so hard. This is so demanding. So much sacrifice involved. Singing in the choir, out in the car park, you know, ushering sound, wherever it might be. It can just seem, well, this is pretty tedious, God. Why don't you think of it in a different way? Think that you're actually digging a trench. You're digging up the ground. You're digging up the ground in whatever area you're serving. And God's going to fill that trench with water. And pour out his blessing in remarkable ways that are going to impact and change the lives of many people. You see, you never know how many people are going to be impacted by the trench that you dig, by the serving that you serve in whatever area of ministry it might be. So as the musicians would come and join me, the road to blessing is this. If God has promised it, then we get ready for it now. Dig the trenches today. With God, a promise is as good as the fulfillment. Can you grab that? With God, a promise is as good as the fulfillment, and we need to act as if the promise is already fulfilled. That's digging the ditch. That's getting ready for what God wants to give us. When the valley is full of ditches, the ditches shall be filled. Heaven is ready. I believe with all my heart, in fact, to send great blessing, and he already is. We're seeing it all over our campuses. But prepare your trench now. Praise with all your heart. Enlarge your desires. Diligently work and serve God. And as you dig with all your might, get ready to receive your breakthrough, your miracle, because the water is on the way.